Hello, uh, my name is Mary Wan, and welcome to my podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about the Supreme Court case Coker v. Georgia. It's a death penalty case, and it's pretty gruesome, but it has a lot of background to it, so let's just jump in. For some context, according to Cornell Law School, Ehrlich Anthony Coker raped and then stabbed a woman to death on December 5, 1971, and less than eight months later, he raped, severely beat, and left for dead another woman, who was 16 years old at the time. Because of this, Coker was apprehended and then pled guilty to first-degree murder, kidnapping, rape, and aggravated assault. He was apparently sentenced by three separate courts to three life terms, two 20-year terms, and one eight-year term of imprisonment. Then, roughly one and a half years later, on September 2, 1974, Coker escaped from prison, raped another woman who was 16 years old, and in front of her husband, abducted her from her home, and threatened her with death and serious bodily harm. Of course, this case came before the state of Georgia, and they gave him the death penalty on a rape charge. This then brought the case in front of the Supreme Court, where they decided in a 7-2 vote that the death penalty was disproportionate for a rape charge and violated the Eighth Amendment's cruel and unusual punishment clause. I get that. Honestly, any other time I would agree that the death penalty should not be used, because most of the time I truly don't think it's a proportionate charge for the crime. However, Coker was a repeat offender. Coker escaped from prison, and the first thing he did was rape another woman after having gone two years into his sentence for already raping and assaulting two others. This man is a danger to society, and prison didn't exactly help, so more steps needed to be taken. And this is exactly what the state of Georgia was doing. They saw Coker as a repeat offender, even while he was serving out his punishment for his crime, and understood that in order to protect the community at large, prison just wouldn't be enough. And I understand that it's a rape charge, so therefore, in the eyes of the Supreme Court, it's not as serious because it didn't involve the taking of another person's life. I just want to look at a couple of statistics put out by Dr. Dean G. Kilpatrick in 2000 under the National Violence Against Women Prevention Research Center. So if 13% of American women have been raped and 31% of rape victims have developed PTSD, then 3.8 million adult American women have had rape-related PTSD. 30% of rape victims have experienced at least one major depressive episode in their lifetime. And when asked if they had ever seriously thought about committing suicide, 33% of rape victims said yes. And rape victims are 13 times more likely to have actually attempted suicide than people who haven't had a crime committed against them. This is the effect that rape has on its victims. It might not look like getting raped is a death sentence, and technically it's not, but the mental health issues, the depression, the PTSD that victims of rape face practically amount to a death sentence. And that's not even accounting for the substance abuse-related deaths where people were drawn to substance abuse as a way of coping with their assault. So, to say that rape is not a charge that is as serious because it doesn't involve the taking of another person's life it's just incorrect. It is very clear that rape is something that victims have an incredibly difficult time recovering from, so I honestly find it insensitive for the court at the time to cite Coker's rape charges too lowly for such a consequence. I can't imagine being the girl that was traumatized by this man and having to hear that what he did, his rape, his abduction, his threats, it's just not serious enough. That, with previous victims who have suffered worse fates at the hands of the man, and it's still not enough. At what point is the Supreme Court doing a disservice to the country by not protecting its people? Because that's exactly what this is. 
disregard for the safety of the people. I'm sure that after the case was decided and Coker was released back into his prison, women in Georgia feared for their safety, hoping and praying that this man wouldn't somehow escape again and brutalize even more people. Because Coker lived, because the Supreme Court decided his life was worth more than the torture he gave to the women he raped and murdered, more women lived in fear. At the end of the day, the Supreme Court did a disservice, not only to Mr. Coker's victims, but also the women in the state of Georgia. Of course, this case was decided by an entirely male panel in the 1970s, so it's very understandable how they came to this conclusion, but that does not make it excusable. Well, thank you so much for listening to my podcast about the Supreme Court case Coker v. Georgia. Whether or not you agree with me, I hope you found this helpful in understanding the case and advocating for our government to do better. Have a good day.